Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Current Events Monday, and this is not just any ordinary, regular, run-of-the-mill Current Events Monday, because Jacob uh, put me in charge of it, so naturally I just completely messed everything up, and we're doing something completely different than we usually would, but um, I hope that it's interesting, I hope that it's fun, I hope you enjoy it, and we might even make it just a thing moving forward. What started out as typical run-of-the-mill insanity has turned into... Maybe something that uh, won't be as possibly crazy. Possibly a structure. So, possibly fun. So, um, <laughs> today we are going to be playing fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. Um, it's a fairly typical game, but of course we put our own Reform Dissenter spin on it. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. I have a list of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 11 or 12 headlines that i'm going to read through and there's a couple rules we're going to get into those in a second but basically the gist of it is jacob has to react to these headlines he's never seen them before he has no idea what the context around these headlines are um but they're all things that have happened over the last week and he has to tell me whether it's fact or fiction if i just made it up because i have made up some of these some of them are not (laughs) real some of them are real and then he has to give it a sanity rating between one to how, five. How easy was it to come up with them? Dude. With the fiction ones. I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, the fiction ones took no time at all. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I was ready. What took time was wording them in such a way to make them sound like real headlines. So, like, okay. I purposefully would, like, leave out. You know how they, like, shorten headlines to make them smaller? Right. So, they'll leave out articles. Like, instead of saying, the cow went to the moon they would just be like cow goes to moon you know so so i had to like okay. rephrase okay. some of my headlines to sound more like it's a real anyways i put some also, thought into have this. you noticed with the headline uh, this is a tip for later on if, if we do this again but huh? you like you have like house and then the the colon and then words so yeah, basically yeah, yeah. what that means is the house Why says not? something yeah, yeah, White House, yeah. you know, whatever it be. Yep. Did you do yep. that? I didn't. I, well, I, actually, I, wait don't, a minute. Don't, don't confirm or deny that. Wait a minute. I did. Ooh. I did. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't fun. have confirmed right. that. Now, I, now, <laughs> now I'll be looking for that. You'll be extra suspicious. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do that. And then we are going to follow our typical... Uh, segment or typical current events Monday routine, and we'll have our theological wrap up at the end, which I also put together. We're going to be talking about uh, how to be more joyful than the other guy, more joyful than the other guy. So, lots to discuss here. Um, this is going to be quite the episode. We're excited. We hope you enjoy this as well. But before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Our verse this week is just one verse. So, woo, yay. I fixed, I fixed it. I made it just one verse. Our verse this week is Psalm 16, verse 11. Applause. This verse, what's that? Applause. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> so this verse says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, verse 11. So 
This verse is going to be part of a series of verses I'll be discussing more later at the end of this episode. So I'm not going to give a ton of commentary on this just because we we are short on time. We only have a half hour and we got a lot of headlines to get through. <laughs> it's never an excuse, though, to not discuss a verse. So um, there's a lot here. There's a lot more than you might think initially just looking at the service. And I think that the first part of this verse is something we can gloss over because the next part is so powerful emotionally, right? In your presence, there's fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We're going to talk more about that a little later on. But the first part of this, we forget so often. Um, now there's a re resurgency. There's, there's a newfound passion for the word of God more recently, which is great to see, very encouraging. And a lot of churches with a lot of Christians, right? We're waking up to the fact that, hey, maybe we should be studying this thing that we claim we want to base our whole lives, base our whole lives on, right? <laughs> so there's a lot more of that happening now, but there's still not enough of it. So this first part of this verse says, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life. Now, I think probably that phrase right there could basically just define the book of Proverbs like in one, one fell swoop, one phrase, right? What, what the heck is the book of Proverbs? Well, in addition to telling you how to basically do everything in your life, it also uh, makes known to you the path of life, right? Makes known to you, hey, this is the trajectory of where things are going. This is the trajectory. This is the this is the, the the cause and effect, right? The reap what you sow. When you you plant this kind of seed, you're going to get this kind of fruit, this kind of tree out of it. So you make known to me the path of life. What what path am I on right now? And is that a good path? Is it a bad path? How do I know? I can look at the people around me. Sure, the Bible has told us to to do that in some instances. I can ask people, hey, well, what are your thoughts about this? What's your experience in life been? That's good, too. Wise counsel is something we've discussed a lot of times on the show. That's important. But mo most importantly is God makes known to you the path of life in his word. And so we're going to talk a lot more about that. We've talked about that for the last two years. I mean, definitely not a new concept on this show that we should go to the word of God to determine how we should live our lives. But I just thought that that was, that was really interesting here, put so, so succinctly in such a, a bold statement, right? All right. So let's get into our next segment. Let's get into fact or fiction. I'll outline the two rules before we get started here. Rule one, I've already said it's in the name. Answer if it's a fact or fiction, Jake. So answer whether you think it's fact or fiction. Did I just make things up or is this actually real? Rule two is you have to then give it a sanity score. Here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to reveal whether it's fact or fiction until after you give the sanity score. Because mm -hmm. with your sanity score from one to five, answer the question, how sane is this headline? So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's false. Like it could be completely true and still it's just insane that this is happening, right? So that's up to you. That's subjective. But so you have to rate it, one to five. I, I, do, I do have something. Uh -huh. Should what do you got? I, like, if... I think this should be insane, right? How insane mm. it, it'll it'll depend on how how all this goes. It, it depends. So, like, if it's if the sanity score is one, that means it's insane. If the sanity score is five, that means oh, it's pretty sane. This is pretty good. It makes sense. So, yeah, you could do it both ways. Either way, it works. This is what I chose. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to give a reason for the score you picked, and then we're going to discuss that a little bit. All right. So, 
Here we go. Headline number oh, one: boy. fact, fact or fiction? Supreme I feel Court. Like this is a quiz. <laughs> and I need to get a good. We're gonna grade. start. We're gonna start you out easy. Okay, this is not okay. Okay, super ridiculous. We're just gonna start okay. simple, and we'll grow from there. Okay, here we go. Supreme Court to decide whether to kick Trump off the ballot. Ooh. Fact or fiction? Is that a real I'm headline? Gonna, I'm gonna. Or did I make it up? Is, oof. I'm going to say fiction, right? And and I will give a reason for both. Uh, I could you see have to it give being, a sanity score first, right? I, I will give a sanity score of. To be honest, I, I would say like two and a half because really I'm trying to go mid ground here. Okay. Um, okay. Because I feel like it could be fact because I definitely think that this would be something that liberals would bring up to him, mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court. It's not that right. necessarily that the Supreme Court agrees to it, but just that there's someone out there who's who's going to bring this to the Supreme Court. And that's completely and totally understandable that they that they do that. Um However, I do think it could be fiction because I don't know if it would be worded that way. You know, okay. I think I think if it were actually a real um a real headline, they yeah. would word it a little bit differently to gaslight you a little bit more. But go ahead, tell me. As it turns out, this is actually fact. This is Ooh. an article from Newsweek. Um, which is a lesser-known publication, but just as liberal as CNN and some others. So, okay. yeah, I think you gave some really good reasons. But, uh, yeah, basically, yes, the Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not to kick Trump off the ballot. And it makes sense that, that okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, right, good guess. Next one. All right, number two. Here we go. Fact or fiction, the moon is slowly drifting away from Earth and it's beginning to impact us. Fact or fiction? Oh my goodness. This is way too crazy to not be true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to amend my last, um, my last decision. I'm going to say fact on this one. Uh, okay. I might be wrong again. I, I could royally mess everything up. But, um, <laughs> and I would say, so, okay, five is it's insane. Like, this is insane. And it, right. I, I'll say five, right? Cause so it, one it, would, it be, would be, it's insane. Five would be, it's sane because it's a sanity score. But yeah, so okay, like one okay. is like, oh, this is just completely and, insane. So this is, this is in a sense, like, it's insane that they would even think that this is true. Or, or is that what you're going with? That's, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I will go with one, right? That's... <laughs> that the very fact that we think that the well, it plays into the fact of evolution that everything mm-hmm. is chaotic right that that there's no purpose to anything and that at any point the earth could just die because who knows no one's holding a- it together any any every anything and everything is random yeah. um but yep. from a christian perspective that this that this earth was created by god perfectly to survive and last and that and yeah, and that's the ultimate goal. It, it will survive and last. So yep. we shouldn't worry about that too much, right? We still need to be stewards of the earth, but that we, we can't worry about what the next day will bring, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. All right. But, yeah. 
Go so ahead. you answered fact, and you were correct. This nice. is factually true. <laughs> no, it's insane, but it is an actual real headline by MSN, Microsoft News. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, insane. I totally agree with your sanity score of one on that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, but you're right. I think it would make more of a punch to have it be an insanity score. So we'll have to think about that for next time. Um, mm-hmm. All right, next headline. Here we go. Fact or fiction? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to fact or fiction. Kamala Harris dances to rap music at 50th anniversary anniversary of hip hop celebration. Fact or fiction? I ha- again, for the very reason that I answered the last one, I have to go with fact. Um, <laughs> and also, if if. If this one is fiction, this is very well worded. And the, the first one was e- e- decently well worded. Um, well, actually, you didn't do that one, but you didn't do any of them yet. <laughs> yes. So, th- wait, wait, this one might be fiction. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I love that you I told tell. you like before that. we got on the show that I would overthink everything. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick you with did. fact, though. I'm going to stick with fact. Yes, I have to. I have to. In, okay. It's set right now. Stamp it down. It's fact. Um, it's fact. Okay. Insanity score. I want to go with the two, to be honest. Because um, it could always be worse. <laughs> the, the very fact that they are just bringing this up, it has no basis for anything. This is This is like... This isn't news. This is what is this? Like, there's no purpose. What? Why would you write this? You, they're running out of things to say other than socks and a dryer, right? Um, so it's like, I don't know. It, I, no, I'll give it a four because I'll go on the other side. That this is so sane that it's insane. It's just, it's normal. Right? It's mundane life. It's and yeah. You're writing about it. Yeah yeah all right so which makes it insane to me right i get it no i get it yeah backwards it's same because it's insane yeah i get it i get it i get it this you're correct this is fact it's actually written by the gateway pundit um but i agree with you that yeah they're just like commenting on mundane life what i think they're trying to do is provide an alternative to mainstream news media and mainstream Mm -hmm. news media does that all the time where they just comment on everything like not just politics yeah. but also all the little things like oh this this celebrity went out with this person and they went to this restaurant they ordered this meal it's like first of all that's creepy <laughs> yeah are you yeah. watching How did you know that? um but also who cares so mm-hmm. sometimes i think we try the, the very sad thing is that them and we're like yeah stop trying to mimic them so much that you right. become them like <laughs> it's not good yeah. The very fact right. of it is that is that people actually do care, and and that's that's sad. That's um, even sadder. That's true. Yeah, that they actually do get link clicks on it, and they're not all just clicks from me making fun of this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So now at least one click will be from me putting this here. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Fact or fiction? Vivek Ramaswamy tells crowd at Hindu event he plans to quote crack down on beef industry in America if elected. Fact or fiction? Okay. Fiction. Okay. Because 
it, 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 this is more me being in your mind, right? In a sense <laughs> that me understanding that you already know we, that the very things that I hate about Vivek Ramaswamy, they put everything into a headline. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm making anything clear here, but uh, I'm going to say fiction, right? Insanity score. Everything you're saying, everything you wanted to hear in a headline is in this headline, yes. and you don't trust that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. So, like, Thank you for, for making the audience understand. <laughs> um, no, I get it. I get it. So, insanity score. Um, I want to say that this is sane. No. No. Let me go. Let me go uh, a two. Let me do a two. Right. That this would be insane because he's playing right into the leftist liberal hands. Um, I think, but it, additionally, it, from his like, that's his worldview. Right. Like, his worldview is Hinduism. So mm-hmm. this comports perfectly with his worldview. Yeah. Right? Like, from, this wouldn't... He's protecting yeah. his gods. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, this is completely insane. From his perspective, this is completely sane because it fits with his yeah. worldview. He's doing... He's, he's doing what every Christian should be. Right? Right. They should be following their, what, what is stated in... According to their standard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. We're running out of time. But I thank okay. you. These, these are great responses. This is, this is really good. So, you said it was fiction and you put it fiction. at a, what'd you say on the sanity score? Two. Two. Okay. You're right. It is fiction. I just made this up. <laughs> it's a good call. Good call on that. All right. Uh, let's see if we can get in two more over the next two minutes. So, here we go. Rapid fire. Um, Fact or fiction, Florida man arrested after trying to travel across Atlantic in, quote, human-powered hamster wheel. Fact or fiction? Fact. I, you know what? <laughs> this is totally, this totally fits our current um, <laughs> population. Um, but insanity score, I would have to give it a one. It's because, insane. well, I, you know what? I'm going to give it a two and a half. Yeah, because innovation is always moving, and I understand that in order to innovate, people need to be doing some dumb stuff, you know? And so I'm okay with it. Just don't kill yourself, and don't (laughs) kill yourself mainly because I don't want the government to then create regulations because you killed yourself, you know, doing that. For sure. All right, here we go. Um, let's see here. What's the best one? It, was it fact or fiction? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It's fact. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fact. That's from the blaze. So it's complete fact. Uh, oh, man. Ah, two more. Okay. Might go a little okay. over, but let's, let's do this. Rapid fire. Here we go. Um, next one, fact or fiction. Department of Homeland Security gives millions of dollars to LGBTQ groups to help them pay for, quote, safe spaces at homophobic companies. Fiction? I'm going to say fiction, because I feel like this is something that has happened 
before, and why would they bring it up again if it was real? Um, but then again, I can get, could be completely wrong. To which I'm like, I've gotten most of them right at this point, so I will <laughs> allow for a long one. Yeah. Sanity score. Um. So, sanity score. Or insanity score. Whichever. I'm going to say one for completely insane. That, and I have no basis, no reason for this other than the basic fact of LGBTQ, homophobic, safe space. It has all the trigger words. <laughs> it's completely insane. And yeah. yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You, sir, are too good at sniffing out fiction. <laughs> Because unfortunately, I made that up. But I based it on a real headline. And this is the real headline. Biden's DHS, Department of Homeland Security, awards millions to LGBTQ minority groups for, quote, targeted violence and terrorism prevention. That was this week. So that was the real article. Mine was, Mm -hmm. you know, a version of that. Yeah. (laughs) So, anywho. All right. Dude. Yeah, I I do want to say... That all of these are very good. I think it is basically Thanks. a a um a guess, right? Uh, this is just happens to be a good guess from me for educated. all of these things. Educated, educated. Guess. And, yeah, educated. <laughs> I guess you but, had good reasons, um, and I like that you outlined your reasons. That was that was great. Yeah, one more. Uh, no, we don't have time. No. Fresh out, okay. but dude. That was great. Wait, was that fun? Do you enjoy that? Yes. I mean, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a cool. It's a cool game. We might have to. Audience, let us know. We might be bringing yeah. this back. Yes. Yes, indeed. Trial and error. Sweet. All right. So hopefully that joyful presentation of insanity and also just comedic commentation uh, or commentary. Um, I like to make up words sometimes. It's it's fun. I, I, you should all try it sometime. <clears throat> it's good. Uh, it's good. That. Yeah, it is. That brings us straight into our theological wrap-up for today. I've titled this More Joyful Than the Other Guy. So my introduction, um, I'm going to try and keep things fairly brief. We're going to be moving really quickly just because I have a lot to cover because the Bible talks so much about joy. (laughs) I was putting this together and it took me forever to like comb through literally as much as I could find because there's so much there. It's so rich. So I only... I'm able to touch on fractions of what the Bible talks about in the sphere of joy uh, as a whole, but hopefully this, this inspires you and gives you a little bit to, to study and look into, because that is the point of what we always want to push you to do in the audience is not just take our word for it, not just, uh, you know, believe what we say, but do your own research, study these things for yourself. So here's my introduction. Joy in a Christian's life shouldn't just be an afterthought. Biblically, it should uh, not only be a priority, but a red flag if absent. Being joyful should be natural to a Christian. That should be pretty obvious, right? We talk about that all the time. We've read tons of books that have talked about that on the show. And when it isn't, when it isn't natural for you to be joyful, the question, why not, should arise pretty quickly. Quote, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, one through two quote, as the father has loved me. So have I loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you 
that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's Christ, John 15, 9 through 11. If Christ is our example, which he is, <laughs> joy is clearly something we should at least give some thought to if we want to take his teachings seriously. And then I, I have a quote. We read Angels in the Architecture a little while back, and there were just some really good quotes in here. So I've kind of interspersed those throughout this wrap-up. So hopefully you find this interesting quote. The truth of the gospel leads inexorably to laughter. Those who want to glower as they cling to truth want something that can never be. Whatever it is they have in their hands, it, it must not be the truth unless it is perhaps just a fragment of it. The dour Calvinist, the cranky Sabbatarian, and the pious self-loather are all textbooks head cases. Uh, we see them in scripture, we see them in our literature, and sometimes we see them out on their front porch on Sabbath afternoons glaring at the bicyclists. And that's Doug Wilson in Angels in the Architecture, page 72. Um, so all of those things put together, we're beginning to make a case for Christian joy and why this is something we should take so seriously. Um, I want to move into talking about joy in the Bible um, in the Bible's inspired music and poetry, right? Because we could talk about theology all day long. We can talk about um, the attributes of God or following Christ's example and all these different things that are good and are something we should definitely do. But sometimes the things that inspire us the most comes from music and poetry, from the arts. And the Bible is chock full of music and poetry. So, as we've discussed before, it's always exciting when you get to sing from God's inspired hymn book, right? One of the best things about putting the Psalms to music, as many of them were originally intended, they're originally intended to be put to music, is that you start to get biblical, biblical themes stuck in your head, even when you aren't singing them. Pastor Toby Sumter discussed this in a recent exhortation at King's Cross Church. Actually, that was last week, um, which he also published on his blog, Having Two Legs, and I'll link that below if you want to read through it. Highly recommend. It's really good. Um, but through the book of, um, the, though the book of Psalms is full of many different themes, which we've discussed all sorts of different themes from the book of Psalms uh, before, one particularly repetitive theme is, believe it or not, joy, right? How strange. Didn't, didn't see that coming. <clears throat> um, so, quote, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed, Psalm 71, 23. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. Psalm 511. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118, 24. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Psalm 94, 19. And finally, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611, which is our verse of the week. So lots there in the book of Psalms uh, on joy. We'll be touching on this in, in just a minute, get a little more deep into some of these sorts of things. I only have a few minutes left, so not too deep. <laughs> like I said, there is a lot. Um, but I want to talk about how joy sets apart the people of God. Joy sets apart the people of God. Quote, you've put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Psalm 4, 7. God works into his people things that are different than the worldly people around them. Biblical history shows us that a large portion of the ceremonial laws were focused on creating a distinction between the heathen nations around Israel and Israel itself. The cultural laws in Deuteronomy and others were given to set apart the people of Israel and the heathens around them. And 
see Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 8. Uh, and there remains the call for us today to be, quote, in the world, but not of the world. I'm sure you've heard that all sorts of times. And we've talked about that a lot on the show as well. In addition to the call to have a renewed mind, quote, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, Romans 12, 2. All of this and more should make it abundantly clear that Christians cannot live like their heathen counterparts, no matter the pressure or seeming normalness of their lives. When it's normal to just go about your daily tasks without a smile on your face, we should remember Philippians 2, 14 through 15, quote, do all things without grumbling or disputing, though you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Joy is active. Joy spills over on the people around you, and joy is even good for your physical body. Quote, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 17, 22. Joy should be a constant force in a Christian's life, even with all the troubles of ordinary life and the threat of persecution looming around basically every corner these days. Quote, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Philippians 4, 4. We can have this constant joy only because of the perfect law of God and his redeemer. Old, co old covenant believers understood this. They drank wine and feasted when they heard God's law explained to them. This was fascinating. Unfortunately, I'm just about out of time, but look up Nehemiah chapter eight, verses nine through 12. Um, it's just an incredible account of people feasting, drinking wine when they hear the, the law of God read, when they understand it, they comprehend it as a culture the joy that follows is incredible and it's outlined super well there. So he, uh, Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12. Um, but finally, I'll wrap up with a surface level facade of joy. And this is something obviously we don't want, right? Surface level facade, just a fake joy. Um, this is another quote from Angels in the Architecture I thought was really good. Quote, the laughter we are seeking is not the manic chortling of the nightclub comedians. We are not looking to the laugh track, that great comedic cattle prod, as some sort of moral compass for the desperate. But how could a rejection of the counterfeit be taken as a hatred of the real? We do not turn away from a self-willed laughter to a self-willed gloom. End quote. And that's page 70 in Angels in the Architecture. All of this talk of joy... Uh, can sound absurd to the people who have been living their lives in the gloom of this world without the hope of Christ their entire lives. Or worse yet, and this is the scary part, Christians who have somehow misunderstood the Bible's, calls, the Bible's calls for joy in their lives and think it's somehow just a minor facet of Christian living, um, this, is, this is even more scary, right? Those people, those Christians who think, eh, it's just minor. Yeah, okay, the Bible talks about it, but it's, eh, the joy isn't really something we should focus on. Now, predestination. <clears throat> There's a topic I could really get into. Let's just focus just on that and not bring joy into the equation whatsoever. Instead, both are vitally important, right? The, the common objection from, quote, realists will be, here's a paraphrase, but you can't be happy all the time, right? I mean, bad things still happen in the world. You know, people get hurt and sometimes work just doesn't go well. I mean, we all have a bad day sometimes, Right. I'm sure you've you've heard that all the time. You might have been even thinking the same thing. We're talking about all this joy, all this happiness like, well, OK, but I don't feel this all the time. Like I have bad days. Uh, bad things happen. 
I get really sad. Sin happens, right? What, what gives? <laughs> yes, sin is real, right? We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen and we all have bad days. To these objections, though, I have two propositions or rebuttals. And yes, I'll get through them quickly, I promise. <laughs> the first is that we aren't the first generation of people to live in this fallen world. So the question is, how did the mighty men of God react in previous generations, right? I would think that's one of the first places we should look. Well, how did previous mighty men of God, who we know were mighty men of God, how did, how did they react to um, sad days, bad days, horrible things happening? How, what did they do, right? On this front, God has graciously given us examples of horrible despair handled rightly. One of which we find in King David's life. That's right. The guy who wrote the book of Psalms, he wrote Psalm after Psalm, well, large parts of the book of Psalms, right? Psalm after Psalm calling for us to be joyful. He lived a really rough life, even while he was writing them. He was persecuted. He was betrayed. Um, he had to hide in caves. He had to fight in wars. And he almost lost his life on several occasions. And if you're familiar with any part of the Old Testament, that's been reiterated constantly. You should be very familiar with that idea, right? And yet through all of that, the psalmist wrote things like this, quote, when the cares of my heart are many, i.e. persecutions, threat of life, hiding in caves, on the run, not being able to settle down, loneliness, sadness, despair, when the cares of my life, all those cares are, are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Psalm 94, 19. So that's my first rebuttal. Second rebuttal is those who think joy must be a fake thing of minor importance to God. I mean, my rebuttal to this centers around Christ himself. He, of course, is the highest example of living a tortured life. He underwent horrors in Hades we could never even imagine. And yet, as Hebrews 12 tells us, he did all these things, quote, because of the joy set before him. The motivation that brought him through all of these trials on the cross was joy. That should speak volumes. These truths should carry us through our daily lives of work, interactions with friends, and modes of entertainment. We don't need to put on a fake joy because we have the real thing in Christ and the word of God. This joy isn't superficial, and it isn't just a minor thing to shrug off as not being a big deal. It's a blessing from God, and we should be looking for ways to express it and share it with others. Christ won. He has the victory. Be joyful and let others see it. So thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. We appreciate it. Check out our show website, trdshow.net. And um, hopefully uh, you've already been there. Follow us on all sorts of different places. We're looking forward to seeing you on uh, Wednesday, where we break down the next few chapters in our book, Prince Caspian. Very excited about that. Um, but until then, remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>